you guys, we can't have a, a Boston Dallas Maverick series. That would throw us back in the Jim Crow. Like, it would be a problem. Could you imagine a Boston versus Dallas Maverick series? It would be the whitest NBA Finals of all time. Like, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what you know about Benchmark? They're speaking the facts that you wanna hear. That rapper jersey, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they're hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. This is business, you know how they go. They playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my body blow. ENT, we are back for another episode. You know this is on YouTube, it's on all streaming platforms. Thank y'all for those that are viewing in. Thank y'all for those that are listening. Subscribe, rate it five stars. Leave us a review, share it with a friend. Greg, Mr. Hot Takes, the Beach and Mother Sins Mayor is in the building tonight. And how you living, my guy? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm ready to get into it. I'm glad to have Miles back. He had a suspicious injury last week. Suspicious. <laughs> suspicious. I don't know. We have reason to believe that there was um there was a case of fraud going on. Well, we will see. Wow. <laughs> Miles first class Davenport. <laughs> first class. <laughs> How you living? I'm first doing class. good. I'm doing good. Hey, <laughs> for those that you know just saw that but i got the i could sing too i'm talented like that i hit that i hit that note i was about to say if it was an auto tune that might be a smash hit right now exactly yo hey jack drewski come talk to the kid bro i'm out here i'm really get me in the maybe, studio maybe drewski, maybe drewski produced his last album that's why it was so bad That's what we started with. Okay. <laughs> I've been out for two plus weeks. Everybody's had their pain on it. We, we started. Just because Miles is back, we, we started with that. <laughs> All right. We're getting right into it. All right. All right. Oh, man. Um, speaking of, we, since we mentioned people choking and not living up to expectations, CP3. <laughs> All right. Hey, good. <laughs> I can only imagine what last week was like. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking, I'll talk about it like that. We just we all agreed that since we all agreed the album wasn't good, we weren't going to talk about it. Basically, we only wanted to talk about it if you were here because you were the one who said you liked eight out of fifteen songs, something crazy like that. I didn't say they were smash hits, but I'm saying these are cool. These are smooth tracks. <laughs> These are cool. <laughs> it's, funny. Hey, it's funny though, because I was playing golf yesterday up in like Warren, New Jersey. And I get there and I, I'm thinking I'm playing by myself, but they end up sending me out with these three kids. I mean, just came home from college. And one of the kids has on his speaker, he's playing the album, the Jack album. So I'm like, oh shit, these white kids. <laughs> These white kids are playing this music. I'm like, damn. I told you. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to rethink. I gotta. I told you. <laughs> That's his demographic, bro. <laughs> I was like, yo, is this real? Like, he's listening to every every song on the album. They were cool, but I I was, albums for second, I was gonna ask him like, yo, y'all heard the the new Kendrick Lamar album? But I was like, nah. <laughs> it's not worth it. 
That's who the album's for, bro. The album's for those frat brothers. It's the it's the Zig Alpha <laughs> Apple Sigma Chicken Pie. It's it's them, bro. It's for those guys. <laughs> That's who's for. I'm glad you edited it off like that because you know how to, you know how them letters people get. If you said the word, if you said an actual Greek letter, I'd be like, ah oh, man, gotta post it so we go viral. Any publicity is good for this. F all that Greek stuff, bro. Uh -oh. I even gotta get into that. That's a different. Day. That's a conversation for a different day. Uh oh. I'm I'm a bro. I'm of the same. That Greek stuff they be on. I'm of the same energy for that. You could shimmy shake somewhere else, bro. <laughs> Q dog yourself out 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 of here, bro. Like you go do that somewhere else. But back to you know the topic. Let me yeah, let me not be canceled. Just change the subject. Right. You, you can't come to any Juneteenth picnics this year. That's it. You Is that all they do with the Juneteenth stuff for real? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, but yeah, I wouldn't be a lot back. A lot of these, a lot of these people take that shit real serious. I know. I know how it go. Big time serious. But like back to you know the topic at hand of people not living up the expectation. The Suns, best record all year, the best team. They're gonna walk through the West and get to the finals. Game seven, they lose. They out of finals right now. We're watching Mavericks against Phoenix, Mavericks against the Warriors. It was supposed to be Phoenix Warriors. Didn't happen. Who's this more on? Y'all putting us on CP3. Y'all putting us on D Book. Y'all putting us on Coach Monty Williams. Who is this debacle on? I feel like it's got to be a, a collective. They got to take this one. Like, Monty's got to take this one. Chris Paul's got to take it. D-Book. Like, you're up 2-0 against the Mavs. You're doing what you're supposed to. Took two at home. Went back to Dallas. You lost those two, but then you took game five. So, I mean, you're guaranteeing yourself a game back home, which they got. They got game seven. Crowd was pumped. They came out super flat and it just looked like they were playing tight. Like D book didn't look like himself. CP three didn't look like himself. And while they played tight, looked like the Mavs were just playing super loose. Luca was having fun and they just let this game get away from them. And this is back to back years. They lost, they're out of the playoffs after being up two zip in a series. So, I mean, they got to do a lot of soul searching now because Chris Paul's getting up in age. Like, he's not getting any younger. He's about to be 38 next year. So this is one of those things where I know they paid him. They brought him back because, I mean, they think they can win a championship in the time that his contract's going on. But, I mean, deep book, he's got to take that next step too because he's got to – I mean, as much as people talk about Chris Paul leading this team – D-Book's been here. People talk about him on that star, superstar level, but you're if you're a superstar, you can't put up a game seven like that. Like he he was he was a non-factor all game. Like no shots were going in. It was it was very unlike D-Book. So if anybody has to take the blame, I'd say it's D-Book. It's your young, it's your young superstar. Hey man, I agree with that. I agree. I agree that they're gonna have to really look at things differently with this CP3 situation. Um, at the end of the day, like you said, he's turning 38. With how CP3 played these last couple of years in the playoffs, he might have to go back to meet because uh, plant base ain't working by the time it gets to Western Conference Finals, to the by the time it gets to the NBA Finals, second round. Something, something not adding up, and it might just be like you said. He probably be thirty eight. You can't be relying on Chris Paul to be the best player on your team to try to win a championship. No. I think this is a lesson in in being enjoying the ride, enjoying the ride when you're good. When you're a good team like the Suns were, you enjoy the ride, you enjoy the journey, right? Every team that's good does. The Warriors were arrogant. There's an arrogance to really good teams in the NBA. But the Suns all year struck me as a team that was over – and me and Tone have talked about this on the side. The Suns have struck me as a team that were overconfident all season long. And it was just boiling up to this point. 
like campaign going on Twitter spaces in the middle of the season, talking trash about the Lakers out of character, but really like you're a guy and you're just a guy in the NBA, like not really what you should be doing. Mikhail Bridges, just Mikhail Bridges, the, the book, the book out of character talking crazy to people. Obviously CP has had that energy people on the NBA. He talks trash, but like, there was a different energy with this team of, of definitely an over cockiness, a cocky, the over cockiness with this team that came back to bite them. At the end of the day, they're a young group. And you, when you lose your humility along the way, it can become a problem for you. So I think that that's where really they really tripped up. In my opinion, they should have took care of Dallas. They should have took care of Dallas. But I had my, I had just, I had, I was really nervous about that series. And I told you guys when it started, I was just nervous about it. Cause I'm like, I don't, Luke is great to begin with. And you're gonna poke the bear. If you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna start talking too much trash. You're gonna, you're gonna really get a guy. You're gonna motivate a guy who's great, who's already great to get and give him another reason to kick your behind. He already wants to go do that. He's gonna do that regardless. Whether they win the series or not, Luke was gonna go crazy. But like when you give him a reason, I mean, Luke is a guy who went out and busted the behinds of Pandemic P, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. That's what he did. Like he did that. He got him up out of here. So what made anyone think that he wasn't going to do the same thing to Macau Bridges and the same thing to Chris Paul? It, I mean, come on, or D Booker. You know, like, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. But I, I'm not surprised that it, it, it ended the way it did. To Antonio's point, yeah, I mean, we're, at a, we're well past the point now where, first of all, Chris Paul shouldn't be even be looked at as the best player in your team. Like, you shouldn't be trying to win a championship with Chris Paul as the best player in your team. But, but if we're saying that, if we're having that conversation, it's more of an indictment on Devin Booker. That's the way I see it. Devin Booker's got to be better. Mm-hmm. He's got to be better. And he's got to be better by getting guys involved and, and hitting the open man and, and getting guys and getting, putting the ball in position, getting, putting guys in position to be better, right? That's got to be where he gets, he takes the next step. And he can do that. He's a young player. But yeah, bro, I think that it's a, it's a collective thing for sure. When you look at it, right, with, with this, Phoenix team, how they're currently constructed, and a CP3 ran team is heavy CP3, and I'm gonna control the game from beginning to the end. The thing is, which creates an issue, being that he's going on 38, it doesn't give room for anybody else to be playmakers. It doesn't give room for anybody else to get busy like that. So they need to change this up. When you got a CP3 led team like that, you get a DeAndre Ayton who's pissed off that he's not getting touches. And Aiton, at this point, you play him 17 minutes in a closeout game, Aiton probably not coming back. So if Aiton doesn't come back, I already was saying the best chance for him to win was last year. If Aiton don't come back, bruh, break this whole thing up. If Aiton does not come back, Phoenix needs to break this up, start from ground up, keep D-Book there, Mikel Bridges, and re retool this whole thing. Because you look at the West, you got next year – Everybody's favorite, Jokic, he's getting some help next season coming back. It's expected Golden State should be good again. We see what Dallas is doing. Memphis is here. No, it's no longer Memphis. Is com- Memphis is here. Memphis is here. John Morant stays healthy, obviously. Memphis is here. You got Kawhi, PG-13 coming back. Clip is going to be in the mix. Nah. Phoenix, they, they better keep eighting. And figure something else out. It can't just be CP3 is the only playmaker. Ain't gonna happen. Not at thirty. Do you think they keep Aiden when he benches Aiden for the final seventeen minutes of the game, and then Monty and they ask Monty about it after the game? Monty goes, "Oh, it's internal." Do you think it's likely they're keeping a guy? And do you think it's even likely that a guy like Aiden wants to stay? I know he's restricted. He's a restricted free agent. I get it, but for I believe so, anyways. But. Like I said, like I think on both sides, I think it's gonna be a mutual split. I think they're they're probably gonna want to get him up out of there, and they're probably gonna try to do a sign and trade to get more wing defenders and other guys they can use. I think Aiden's valuable to what they do, but I think they undervalue him a bit. And they don't they don't they may not see it that way internally. They could have had Luca too. That's what I mean, yeah, that's that's a whole that's about this whole thing is that yeah, they took him. They didn't actually sign him to his rookie max extension. And now they have to deal with this. And now a team can come and overpay him in restricted free agency. And now it backs you into a corner. Like, we want him back, but that might not be the number that we want him back. So now you got to make a choice. Right. This could have been been solved at the beginning of the season. But now 
Now they're in a corner. But do you yeah. think they want him back is the question. I think that's like the real just, question. That's how like you just said, Greg, though, you can't play this man 17 minutes like that, you feel me? And then expect when it comes to that, that is going to work out. Miles, like they said, somebody's going to overpay. They're going to send that, that, hey, we want him for four years, 138 minutes, some crazy number. Phoenix ain't going to want to do it. And you're not going to get nothing from it. This is a lose-lose for Phoenix because even if nobody wants to do a max contract, a crazy offer, and he comes back to Phoenix, it's not going to work. You have to trade him. You can't, you can't do that. This is back-to-back season where he feels he's unused, he's not used properly, and this is solely because, if we really be honest, he gets all this love, he's the point god. It's because CP3, bro. CP3 never has a big that is a traditional big that can go get a bucket. He only wants rim runners, pick and pop, pick and roll. That's it. Aiton's talking about give me some touches. I have mismatches, and Dallas is not a big team. They did not give him the ball on those mismatches oftentimes. This is CP3 ran offense. This is how CP3 do it. You think this series is different if they have a point guard like a, a Kyrie or a Steph, one that's more score first than someone like a CP3 who he's your more traditional point guard who, you know, can run the offense. But when you need him to, to really go get a bucket every time, he doesn't really he doesn't really do that. Like he's had moments where he's done it, like game one, game two of this series, but he doesn't have moments like that that often. He kind of faded off as the series went on, whether he was hurting or not, but it's kind of been the story of, I mean, I don't want to say his career, but how the playoffs have gone for him. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know that, you know, that it'd be different if they had a player like Kyrie and a score first point guard per se with Phoenix in this series, I think mainly a, a bigger body point guard may be, may have been what the difference would have been. I think CP is just small <laughs> and Luca is Luca is huge. And they were hunting him in mismatches. You got to think about it. The Dallas Mavericks, three main scoring options are all big physical guys. Spencer Dinwiddie when he's, you know, when he was going in the series and he wasn't, you know, he didn't have it going much, but when he did, He'd hunt him in a mismatch. You'd have Jalen Brunson, who's not physically, he's not tall, but he's big. And he plays bigger than he is. He plays in the post, out of the post, primarily to get his buckets. And then, obviously, Luca. When those guys put a shoulder in your chest and you're CP3, six foot, 205, yo, like, you're flying back. And, and that's just a physical stature thing. I don't think that's necessarily, like, I think over the series, they wore him down. I think you, physicality can wear a guy down over the series. Like, I think you start to see it, you start to play with this offense and how he's missing shots short. He's tired. These guys are putting all their weight on him. He's trying to, he's hanging, he's hanging in there in the post, but he has no leverage. Luca, when Luca puts a, a shoulder into you, I mean, he backed down DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> he backed down DeAndre Ayton. We need him to the CP3. That's what well, she's barbecue, he's barbecue chicken too. So I think they wore him down physically. They, they, that was the game plan. Let's wear these guys out. Let's wear D Booker out. Let's wear CP3 out on the defensive end. Make them play defense so their offense suffers. That's what Jason Kidd did. And by the way, that's an old school, that's an old school approach to the game. And it's smart because that's my dad always said it to me growing up. Like when there was a really good offensive player we were playing against, it was always, yo, let's go at him. Make him slide his feet. Go at him. So that way when he's on offense, he's tired. There was no, there was, it was no different. D- D- Jason Kidd did an amazing job and he did it by just sticking to the basics. He didn't Coach him on. He didn't do no crazy X and O stuff. He wasn't a nerd. No, he's a basketball dude. And he understands like the intricate parts of the game. Like I make you play defense. Offense is a lot harder for you. Got dead legs. And I guess what happened to CP3. I think that's really what happened. If you ask me, he, they just wore him out by putting that shoulder in his chest all game long and hunting him and hunting Devin Booker. They hunted the best players in the team. Not something you can always do, but they did that well. And that, and that's why you saw what you saw from him. Looking at this next series, so Mavs advance in Luca's fourth year, right? Luca's fourth year, he advances. They play Golden State. Golden State is on right now. They are waxing Golden State. Does Dallas have a shot in this series, or is it Golden State 
whether it's five, six, seven, Golden State is winning this series. You got to get them to play at their own pace. Like, if they're playing at the Warriors' pace, then this is going to be a long series. Because, I mean, Dray- Draymond already knows. Let's get them running. Get those pick and rolls running. Like, Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry. We got shooters. So, that's that's how the Warriors operate. The Mavs, they don't necessarily want to get up and down like that. They want to get you in the half court, a couple pick and rolls, let Luka play make, and let Brunson work every once in a while. So, I mean, this is not a good matchup for the, the Mavs in that that sense. And, I mean, if I'm the Warriors, I'm, I'm getting Luka running and working on offense. You got to get him to work over those picks and get him in the pick and roll more often. So he's he's a little more exhausted on, on offense because – I mean, Luke is really good, but this Warriors team, they've been here. They've been around the block, so they know what to do and how to dictate you playing at our pace. To Miles' point, as, as I watch them beat up on the Mavs right now, the, the, the Warriors are our motion offense team. So we're going to talk pure basketball. Like, what you got to do, it seems like the Warriors just limit them to one shot. Every possession, you got to box out. You got to switch everything. And again, biggest thing, switch everything effectively. You got to have a hand up and you got to box out and get every rebound. You got, you got to limit them to one shot of possession because then it allows you to play at your, play at your pace. Now you're bringing it down the court. You let Luca go, go up real slow and deliberate, find his matchup, dribble 50 times, get to his, get to his post up fade, get to whatever you want to get to, find the open shooters. That's how you do it. Like, but if they're going to get 50 shots in a, in a possession, now obviously, you know, I think it's one of those field out games. You know, the Warriors are playing at a different pace. They're, 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 it's a field out game. I think the Mavs do have a chance. I think the Mavs really do have a chance in this series. I think the Mavs can can win this series. It wouldn't surprise me if they won this series, to be quite frank. Eventually, they're going to start going at Steph. The series is going to change. I, just my opinion. I think eventually they're going to start hunting Steph. They're going to hunt Clay on the on the bad leg, whatever situation it is. I know he's healthy, but he's not the same guy. He's not the he's not spry anymore. I think they're going to go after him. They're going to hunt him too in matchups, and they're going to make those guys play defense. And then eventually, what you're going to start seeing is Steph start to struggle in the series, hitting threes. You're going to start missing some threes. Same type of deal. Now the Warriors are a good enough team to overcome that, and they can still beat them. But I think you're going to have a six-seven game series at least. I think when they get to Dallas, the series is going to flip a bit, just like it did last time. Because I think that's what they're going to end up doing. This is a series that's primed to be a long one. I don't think that the Warriors are immune to losing this series at all. I think that Dallas could get them up out of here. Don't get, don't, don't get it twisted. But if you're going to go off this one, this one game for sure, it looks bad, but I would, I would caution everybody to start running to their bookie. Oh, excuse me. That was back in 20, 2009, running to wherever the hell they run to the bet these days, or the local corner store, their bodega and putting money on the, the Warriors. Cause I think that this thing is going to, is going to be a drag, a knockdown drag it out series. I think they're going to make some adjustments. They're going to go after Steph. And I would too. If I was playing Steph today, I'd go after him. I'd go at him right now. That's what I'm telling you right now. I'd go at him. Miles laughing. Antonio, Antonio, tell him, bro. He tried, he tried to play me, bro. He hit me in the, um, on, my, on, my, on, my, uh, on my story talking about some, yo, you who? Miles, come, come find out, bro. Come find out. <laughs> I bet. Let me find my basketball I'm going to have you tired. You, I'm tired. You're going to be tired as hell, bro. <laughs> you're like CP3 out there. <laughs> All these no. guys. I really think it's Golden State's series of lose. Golden State's been here, the experience. I think what's going to come in handy, too, is Steve's Kerr experience, and I feel Steve Kerr's going to out-coach Jason Kidd in this regard. What you mentioned, you, you kind of alluded to it. Last series, it was kind of just an old-school style. It wasn't a lot of X's and O's. We're just going to get y'all tired. We're going to beat y'all this type of way. I don't think – I don't think – Jason Kidd is a better coach than Kerr, and I think Kerr, Mike Brown, they're going to whip something up where it's going to be it's gonna be a little bit of a hard time for Luca. Luca going to get his points. He's going to get his buckets. He's going to get his stats, but it's not going to be easy. So will I, I'm not going to go to the extent of saying it's going to be a sweep. It's going to be a gentleman's sweep. But I'd say probably six, Golden State and six, um, just because off the strength of his Luca, you gotta give respect to Luca and what he's been able to do. Jalen Brunson getting paid. Spencer seems like he's rejuvenated, and then you got everybody else stepping up. So the way Golden State is, though, 
the only concern I have is Steph don't look good, bro. Steph, Steph does not look good. He starts off the game like one for five from the free, free throw line, not threes. Free throw line, his shots aren't falling down from the three. Clay is struggling. I'd say this. They get out this series, if they see Miami or Boston, it's Miami or Boston. It's Miami or Boston series to, to lose when it comes to the finals. Because Golden State don't look like – you feel me like that championship Golden State. They just got the IQ, and they're better than the teams, and they've been here before, so they're going to be able to beat them. You got Steve Kerr coaching. They got the championship DNA. The thing is, them young bulls over there, Boston, those dogs over in Miami, yeah, I'm taking the East. East is back. That's the best conference. The East is back. Y'all think Boston or Miami gets to the finals? Miami put a smack in. Jimmy Butler, what is it, 40, 40 piece? 41 piece? I'm not going to go as far as say Miami, though. I think Boston. That's just me. You can't, I can't see Jimmy getting 41 three more times. I think they can get it from numerous sources, uh, Miami. I think Miami got a lot of ways they can hurt you. Um, but I, I mean, the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks, my pipe dream is gone. The uh, Boston could, Boston could, could certainly get to the finals. <laughs> they could. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a flip, coin flip series. Okay. So if you're going to pick Boston, I ain't got no argument for anybody that's picking Boston. It is, it's that close. It's going to be a seven game series. But I, I'm going to take Jimmy Butler. I'm going to take Bam. I'm going to take, I don't know if Kyler will come back at some point in the series. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I, I, I'll take those guys wearing the wearing them down eventually. I think that they're going to wear those guys down. They played a really hard series against the Bucks. Like, for real, that's, that's a tough series to come out of and go to Miami and play that physical basketball team. They're going to test you again. Um, so I, I'll take Miami in a seven-game series. But if someone told me Boston, I'm, I'm not going to – I know it's a lazy, lazy response. You, not, the, not the amazing analysis you come here for. You're used to from from me particularly but at the end of the day i i think that i think that miami will win the series and if and for no other reason than the fact that i think that they're going to be extremely physical they're going to like and jimmy said it jimmy said i don't want to even take threes i want to run into these guys over and over and over and see who falls first that that's probably the way you want to play it you want to out physical that team you do like the defense they play you want to force these refs to call foul because the boston is fouling but it's not it's not so obvious they're gonna always call every single one. So you've got to make it obvious. You gotta go, you gotta seek out contact as the offensive player. It's genius. I think they're gonna wear them down. I think they're gonna get a, a line a ton in the series. You're gonna see the Boston in a lot of foul trouble throughout the series. I, I think that they're gonna be super aggressive defensively as well. And they're gonna to try to play off of the fatigue that Boston has over the course of the series. So I'm taking Miami and also I'm taking Miami because we can't we guys, we can't have a, a Boston. Dallas Mavericks series that would throw us back in the Jim Crow like it would be a problem could you imagine a Boston versus Dallas Mavericks series it would be the whitest NBA finals of all time like easily we, we it can't it can't happen it can't happen it would it would send us back to Jim Crow so we need to make sure that that doesn't happen okay that would be a big deal you ain't seen you ain't seen all every every white person I know Luke is so good Luke is this look at guys we're headed toward a dark time you guys were dark time. Don't don't you stay woke. You know, it, it ain't a coincidence that it, you know it got real dicey up in Buffalo. God rest everybody's soul. And then we talking about in the NBA finals, we got Boston winning it all. Oh my god, it would be a problem. Jeez, Fox News parades. Think about the worst case scenario. It'd be it'd be mad. This could be a crazy what's that what's the dude's name? The, the, the director, Peel or Pool? What's it? Oh, Jordan. What I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Jordan Peel. Jordan Peele, it'd be a crazy movie. He should have made a movie about the whitest finals of all time. Boston versus, da- versus Dallas. It'd be my worst nightmare. I'm telling you, man. Hey, Miles, who you got? Now, Marcus Smart, Al Hofer did not play game one. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm bank, banking on. That they come back and this is a, a different team. Yeah, I agree. I think those two players are huge. I, I, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. He would definitely change how things went. I mean, if you look at it, the 
the Celtics really only lost one quarter and they lost that third quarter big. Like it was almost 40 to 14 in that quarter. So you can't have too many of those. And I don't think they will have too many of those. Like, but they need Al Horford to come back. He helps with their defense and another guy who can hit open threes and space the floor out for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But I don't know, man. Something about this Heat team. I've been saying I think they're the best team left in the playoffs just because this team is so deep. Like you see Kyle Lowry's out, but they're not missing the beat with Gabe Vincent. He's still giving you good minutes. You got Max Struess. Even Tyler Hero had a decent game in game one. So, I mean, you got a lot of pieces to, to deal with. Well, why are you making that face? Even Tyler Hero. Even. What do you mean even Tyler Hero? He had an awful series in the last one. So don't don't make that face like he been he been balling out of his mind in the playoffs. Can you just admit that Tyler Hero was really good at basketball and leave it alone, bro? Like <laughs> what is with you in his war path about Tyler Hero? What's with Knicks fans in his war path about Tyler Hero? Yeah. It, it goes back to RJ Barrett, doesn't it? There's no the, there's no reason for us to even go there. Because that's not where I was heading. No, that's where you were headed, bro. I, I read this. No, no, no. I read them. No, no, no. Go look up his stats from the last series. I want to know. I want to know how how good he played, how good Tyler Tyler Hero was playing. Okay. He may not play the best basketball in that series, but he's a damn good basketball player. He's a very, very good basketball player. Can Nobody said that. that. Nobody uh, said that. Said what? Nobody said that he's not a good basketball player. Ah, when you say even Tyler Hero played well, it insinuates that he's like, that's not the norm. Like, why? We don't expect that from that guy. So oh, I don't understand the disrespect for Tyler Hero. Why, why, are we talk, why are we talking crazy? Well, when we're going off of what he showed in the last series where he was a defensive liability and hit no shots, then what are we doing? Like, this is a guy who's up for a max contract in the offseason, and he's going to get it, but you got to perform in the playoffs. He didn't perform last series, but they won in spite of him because they played the Philadelphia 76ers. With two hands on their backs. Are they paying him to be the number one guy? Are they paying him the money to be the number one guy? Is that no, an expectation? They're not, not paying him to score like 12 points and shoot 30% from. You know damn well he's not doing that most of the time. They're paying him for exactly what he brings to the table. He's going to come in and be the, uh, an elite microwave guy. And if that's what his role is in the NBA, he's going to max it out. He's going to be the, da- the, da- the damn best microwave guy there is in the NBA. All right, so you won't pay him that money because you know what he brings up to, to the table nine times out of ten. You know what he is. Real, everyone knows he's a killer. Okay, he's a killer. He's gonna get a bucket. Okay, he may not have got to it last series. Fine, he may be a defensive liability. Okay, but you know what he is? He's really good at what he does. You're right. Even but, he had a good game on on Tuesday. Huh? Even he had a good game on Tuesday. So you see, even I mean, Matt, yeah, Struess has been playing better than him in the playoffs. Let me talk, you guys. Let me tell you what this is for every every listener. Miles is mad that this guy's better than RJ Barrett. He's it comes from am I mad about that? It comes I would be mad too. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't yeah, you see, yes, and that's what her people say. It's like when the girl says it doesn't matter. It's the same thing, it's no different. Guys, this is this is what's happening right now. I just want y'all to understand this is what what Miles is going through. I understand. I'd be mad as hell too. I'd be mad because I picked the guy through number three overall, and my guy's now on now on nothing. Meanwhile, everybody ahead of him and people behind him is playing great. I get it. I get it. I get it. Don't worry. Right. We ain't about, you know what we're not talking about? Paying RJ a max contract. That's what we're not talking about. Which is fine. It's, it's not fine, though. It's not okay. And it's okay. Then, you know, I'm going to tell you what white people tell you. I had a bunch of white people this week telling me the same thing. I'll tell you the same thing. Oh, I've been oh, having. No. Are we talking about the playoffs or are we talking here. about? Let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you. It's okay to not be okay. It's, the, it's white people's favorite new thing to say when stuff goes left for black folk. It's okay to not be okay. So I'm going to tell you the same thing, Miles. It's okay to not be okay. okay. <laughs> I'm with RJ. <laughs> My boy played great in the second half of the season. So if we're going there, I don't need to. How is, this, how is he finishing on the basket? All right, now. <laughs> how, how was that? How did that look? TikTok Greg bringing up. Old points. All right. Old, old points. Old right. points. They're old. It was. It was no, this. Yo, just wait until next year. That's all I'll say. Just oh my god! Time. It's always the Knicks fan. Is always wait till next year. Hey, where y'all drafting this year? 
How'd that go? I didn't see it. I missed it. I'm I, I'm not I'm not aware. They they not they're not using that. No. <laughs> they got they got the eleventh pick. They're not using that. Oh hell. Why do you do this to yourself? Quick sidebar, right? So you mentioned money. Tyler Hero getting money, Tyler Hero getting paid, max contract coming up, Max Shrews balling out, Ray Vincent balling out. With those two specifically balling out like that, do they even need Duncan Robinson anymore? Not really, but I mean, he's a good shooter in this league, but like Tyler Hero, he's a liability on defense. Just, you know, Tyler Hero's a much better player, Greg. So this is one of those things where, I mean, they paid him because he's he's a good shooter, but I mean, with Struce balling, he's kind of made Duncan Robinson irrelevant. Like he doesn't even play anymore. Like Struce can hit an open shot. He can get it off the dribble. And this is a guy who's like a D2 guy. So Miami just finds these guys out of nowhere. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to get for Duncan Robinson if it comes to that, but uh, they got a lot of things to think about, especially with Donovan Mitchell up for grabs this off season. I know the Heat are going to be looking into that. There should, be, there should be a lot of teams looking at Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, they're going to send Tyler Hero's ass over there. So, yeah, all right. Is he, what, what would be more reasonable is that you guys traded R.J. Barrett? Finally came up with this R.J. RJ Barrett pipe. We're, not, gonna we're not even talking about it, but. No, I'm just, I'm just letting you know because you would, because would you, Miles, would you trade R.J. Barrett for, for Donovan Mitchell right now? Just answer the question. We'll get off R.J. Barrett. I just want you to know, I want to hear, I want people to hear this stupidity. Would you trade R.J. Barrett in a deal? Would you include him in a deal for Donovan Mitchell right now? Would no. you? No. No? Okay. The stupidity I'm referring to right there, folks. Anyway, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Makes no sense. But I'll say this to get on your point. Uh, Max Struess is a really booted uh, Duncan Robinson about it there. They found a cheaper version of what he does who plays better defense. That's what happened. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what it is. But to, Duncan Robinson will not be the center of a package to require uh, Donovan Mitchell. And he won't. He will be a throw-in. Okay, that guy's like, he's going to cost you a lot of money. He's not the best defender, but he's a great shooter. I'm sure some team eventually will make a deal for him, but they're not going to get much in return for him because of that contract. Let's just be honest. All right. Like, that's where we're at with it. You got to add a pick to that. Yeah, but it won't be. What, four years, 90 mil? Yeah, it's something crazy. And that's sure that probably will happen. But I'm saying, like, you're in for for a Donovan Mitchell deal, it's going to be a totally different nucleus. They're going to give him something, something real for him. If they do it, it'll be real. Like just, just like Knicks fans, and and again, just just my advice, like to Knicks fans in Don Mitchell sweepstakes, be ready to give up anything because what y'all got ain't that good anyways. Y'all ain't got nothing, so you might as well give up everything to get something. You got to do that. That's the way basketball works. Okay, that's the way life works. Okay, you need to give up an asset to get an asset. Okay, you can't just give up an a- you give up ass and expect an asset back in return. You got to give up an asset to get an asset back. Okay. Yeah, it's, you, that's the way it works. Don't give up ass and expect an asset. Give up, give up, you have to give up an asset to get an asset. Okay, so RJ Barrett is, I'll use it loosely, is an asset, an asset, loosely. more ass than set, but you may want to, you may want to think about including him in a deal for Donald Mitchell. Brighten up your future, man. There's better days ahead. Yeah, before we transition, right? So you mentioned the draft lottery. Orlando Magic got the number one overall pick. We put up the poll. I want to hear from y'all. It's a great poll because we're getting all different types of answers, whether it's Chet, whether it's Jabari. Who would y'all take that would be a good fit with Orlando? Or does Orlando just choose the best player? Because at this point, also with Orlando Magic, they got about 27 guards there. You got to take Paolo, I think. I think you got to take best player. And right now he's NBA ready. I think he's he doesn't have the most upside out of those three guys that we're talking about at the top, but I like him to to translate to the game right away and help that team. Like you can't you can't try to draft all these projects and be like, "Oh, we can develop him into what he could be." Cuz I mean, that's what the Magic do. They drafted Jonathan Isaac who hasn't played in 2 years who everybody talks about is going to be this good player, but He's been out for so long. They've drafted uh, the kid from Michigan last year. Who he's going to be good. Friend, uh, friends, Wagner. Wagner, yeah, yeah. He's he's a good player. So 
they've got something to go to moving forward, but they need to draft best player available over fit at this point. Cause I mean, the, if you draft fit right now and then things don't work out and, you know, they passed on Paolo and he ends up being like a 25 point scorer somewhere else. Then you're like, Oh shoot. Maybe we should have taken that guy. Number one, instead of drafting because we have power forwards or small forwards in that position. So if I'm them, I'm leaning towards Paolo, but I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they took Jabari. I, I think, I think, um, you take best player available if you're, if you're Orlando because their real issue and the real position of need, in my in my opinion, is a point guard of the future. I don't think they have one. Uh, Jalen Suggs is young. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, dig him a grave too early. He could, he could come back and be great next year and have a breakout season. So I, and I hope that, I hope that happens. But they need that position to be figured out. But out of the guys available, I think Paolo is the safest pick. I think the most, the pick with the most upside is Chet. Chet's the guy who excites me the most when I watch Chet. I get more excited about him. The defensive versatility, his ability to slide on the perimeter and block shots, like really and really make an impact at the rim. I think that's the guy that excites me. And then offensively, just a unicorn. Reminiscent of the, he's not Chris Asperzinkis. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear from people. It's lazy. He's not Chris Asperzinkis. He's better. He's a better prospect coming out. He's got a tighter handle. He's good. He's got a guard handle, but he can also shoot the ball. He's really, really good shooter. He can score pretty much anywhere on the court. He's talented. He's really talented. He's the guy that excites me the most. And then Jabari is really talented too. I think Jabari ultimately goes third. I think either Paolo or Chet go first. And I think that Jabari goes um, goes third. I think that the player that I think more most likely was likely to happen is that OKC takes a guy like Chet because he fits the player profile over there. They got that guy Poku over there. And they really on that European wave over there. They like that. They like those guys. I think that they're more likely, and not that Chet's European, but just the build, the build of that player, right? I think the tall, athletic, lanky. They went Josh Giddy last year. You know, they're going with really versatile pieces that are that are taller guys that can put put the ball on the floor, pass and shoot. All their guys can do that. Between Giddy, between him, Shy Alexander, um, all of them, right? Poku, another guy. Um, Lou Dort, like they have a bunch of playmakers on the floor. So I think that the, he fits what OKC's trying to build better than Powell does. I think Powell's a likely pick for Orlando, even though I think it's the safer pick. I don't know that it's the right one. I have reservations about, about Powell. I do from watching him in college. I, I, I'm not sold. I think he's going to be a damn good NBA pro. He'll be solid and he, he won't let you down. He's going to be a four. He's, four t- he's built four tough. He's going to be, no, he's going to be a Toyota. He's going to be a Toyota. They'll never, they'll never break down. Cheap parts, you fix them easy, it'd be nice. But I think that you you really, you got a Range Rover in Chet. I think Chet could be that guy, for real. I think Chet could be like a, a real problem in the NBA for a long time, as long as he stays healthy. He's a guy I'd go with number one, but I don't think they will. I got Miles thinking, thinking face right now. He's thinking hard about what I'm talking about. How? I, I, I like Chet, but I don't think he should be the number one pick. I just think that We'll see how his body develops over the years because it's he's real lanky. It looks like I don't know how he'd be if he puts on 30, 40 pounds because that's what he needs. He looks like he needs some milk. He He's real light. He's real light on the court. So I think once he gets to the league and he's talking big, big talk right now, but I think once he gets to the league, those bodies are going to wear him out. And let's see. I mean, he he looks like he can handle it, but at the same time, if you're going up against like DeAndre Aytons and other big men who are more solid than you, you're gonna be in foul trouble a lot. I wouldn't use him that way. I wouldn't have him in the post dealing with big men. I'd, I'd match him at the. I put him at the three. Basketball's positionless. He is a he is a huge three, a huge three, or or and a big two. I think that's what he is. I don't think he's a four. Even though he could, he could play that theoretically. You gotta go five out with him. Five out. You're not playing through the post. You play five out, drive the kick offense, let him work. That's how you do it. Use him the right way. Don't, Kate, the reason why Chris Asperzinkis failed in the NBA is because he was used the wrong way, in my opinion. 
I never would have him. I've always hurt. That's the other reason. I mean, but I never, but I, he got hurt because you were playing in the post and you, you're banging around these big dudes. Yeah, he's going to take a toll on your body. I think you use him, you space the floor out, you go five out. I don't, I don't want you hosting up. No, 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 no. I want you playing on the perimeter, playing the perimeter because that's how you're getting. That's where your game's oriented. That's how you scored, and that's how your game was oriented anyways. Lobs, lobs, and threes, and some mid-ranges. But I don't want you down there banging around because you're not built like that. KD, was KD in the the post early in his career? Nope. No, No, he wasn't. Don't don't use that. No, it's the same build. It's the same build, though. It's the same build. It's the same physical build. The same. KD ain't start posting until he got stronger. Just notice it. I'm telling you, if you if you get draft check, play five out. That's how you want to play. Five out, pace and space offense. That's how you're gonna get the best out of it. Let's see you next Keep year. Help. Come on, bro. It's Coach Greg. Don't come on, man. Greg, I don't right. talk. We'll see. That's all right. Speaking of next year, NFL has released the schedule, the full schedule. For everybody that's watching what we're going to do, we did the same thing last year. We're going to go by each division, break down the division, give us your predictions, and we're going to say what we think, things we're looking out for, games we're looking forward to seeing, most exciting games this year, all that good stuff. We're starting off with the AFC North, which is funny. One of the founding members of the AFC North was not able to make it for tonight. <laughs> for tonight's episode but as they say the show goes on he'll probably comment on these posts when we put them up starting off Ravens Ravens have the 23rd hardest schedule they start off their season four games against the AFC East how y'all see Ravens series going season going what's y'all predictions on their record I think maybe like 12 and 5, 11 and 6. I think they're a good team, and this is a big year for Lamar. So I expect him to come out, you know, rolling on all cylinders right now because, I mean, time is of the essence. He still doesn't have a deal. And, I mean, do they roll with him going forward or do they – I don't know what they're doing, but – it just seems like the Ravens are dragging their feet with that whole extension with Lamar. Um, but yeah, this team got better. They, they, they improved the defense with a couple picks during the draft. They got Kyle Hamilton late, which was a steal. And they added a couple more pieces on offense. You know, they needed some blocking for Lamar. And I think they got him some help in that aspect. Cause I mean, Nobody's really won of late if you're running for your life the whole time. Only the last quarterback I can remember was what Russell Wilson, who hasn't really had an offensive line and maybe Mahomes, but even Mahomes had a decent line when he won. So I think they're going to be, they're going to be good. I mean, as long as they have Lamar playing, he's going to make enough plays for them to be in all these games and win most of them. So we'll see. But 12 and 12 and 12 and five. That's my prediction. 25. I got them. I got them at 10 and seven this year. Got them at 10 and seven looking to schedule. Hmm. Greg, how do you see this going? I say 10 and seven because it's still, to me, it's still a huge question mark of what we're doing uh, getting Lamar weapons. Obviously, they're going to be a, a run heavy team, and they did a great job getting offensive alignment to give protection when Lamar actually throws it or who he throwing to. I think that's fair. I, I think, I think 11 wins is kind of where I sit. I think we're all kind of in the same place. Even if you say 10 and 10 and seven, I think, I think we're kind of all in the same place. We all know they'll be good. I think what they did in the draft was really important that Linderbaum was a great pick. They, they added another offensive lineman too, another big guy that offensive line. I just don't remember his name, but they got, went out and got Kyle Hamilton too in the draft. I mean, they had a great draft, man. And the Ravens always have a great draft. And so I think that they're going to be better than people kind of expect because of what they've added to the roster. Um, I think those things are going to help them win some ball games. And I agree the the offensive pieces they need, they need to add help. I, I know Odell Beckham is still out there. I know he's recovering, but 
someone's got to get him. He's still out there to be had. A Julio Jones is a guy you could take a flyer on. I know he hasn't been the same player, but when you're the Ravens and, and you need to get, get him weapons and the draft passes you by and you don't go get weapons, yeah, like it, it may be time to start looking at these flyer older guys who are who are really good in their heyday and can be good for you now. And I think that Odell and Julio are two guys you could look at. Jarvis off the market. Jarvis took a one-year deal to go back to the crib and play with Jameis. Don't really understand it, whatever. But it, it is what it is. Like, I think that, that they have to look at that, that, that those options, free agency, to kind of fill out their roster with the wide receivers. But I think they're going to be good. You know how I feel about Lamar. You know how I feel about him. He's going to do – no one does more with less. He's, he's, he's LeBron of, of, of football. He's LeBron of football kind of in that sense, right? Like, that's how he is. I'm, I'm serious. It's greatness. It's greatness. I appreciate greatness, bro. But um, I, I think that they'll be a good team. 11 wins is kind of where I sit at a minimum with that team. Well coached. Did a great job, job drafting. Probably had the best draft, honestly. We really look at it and we get over the drugs that we were on that week. I think that that they had the best draft. So I, I think that's probably where I sit with it. Going to the next team, Cleveland Browns. They added, of course, Amari Cooper, brought back David Njoku. They only got two primetime games. And you know the reason why they only have two primetime games currently because of Deshaun Cosby and a situation that's still going on with those 22 civil cases. So if everything pans out well for him in his favor, it's expected they're going to have more primetime games. But on the season with how they have Deshaun Watson, so they have an actual quarterback over Baker Mayfield, I still see, for me, Cleveland, I'm not sold on them. We haven't seen Deshaun in over a year and a half. I say Cleveland goes 98 this year. I was somewhere in nine, 10 wins too. If you're missing, you know, Mr. Cosby for a month this year, or Deshaun, for the purpose of the people who don't listen every time. Deshaun, we're missing Deshaun Watson for the first um, first month of the season. Then, yeah, you're looking at some L's right there. But I think they run the ball, and that's kind of the strength of their football team, running play action. And they got Jacoby Brissett, I think, because they're expecting the, the, the suspension, right? So, yeah, I think they could win 10 games. I, this division is going to be crazy. They could, they could, I think, at minimum, they win nine games. At most, they win 11 games. Uh, if things, you know, kind of break their way. But Jacoby Percent is more than capable of winning football games and running out, running the West Coast offense. I think they're going to be a really good team regardless. And I mean, they, they still got Baker there too. <laughs> that man's going to be gone before the season starts. Just, I think people should expect that. I think he's going to be gone before the season starts. I, I expect it to be that, to go that way. I don't think he'll be there by the time that the ball tips or, or, or they, you know, fire up the old pigskin. I think that man will be up out of there. He'll be headed to Carolina where he belongs. If he goes to Carolina, you already got one person mad, Robbie Anderson. He don't want him there. So that should be an interesting. Robbie Anderson's not that important. <laughs> I mean, looking at the wide receiver core. I mean, DJ Moore is the important guy. DJ Moore and then Robbie Anderson might as well be. Yes, you better get in line. You know, you over here talking about the. The, 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 your, your quarterback, your, your, my, your guy, your, 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 the face of your franchise, you know, hey, they'll, be, they'll hey. get up out of there in a second. That says a lot though. This man has Sam Darnold and he's like, nah, I don't, I don't want, I don't want Baker. <laughs> Darnold. Yeah. He has Sam Darnold and this man said Baker. <laughs> if he's going off of what he saw last year, I don't think that's totally fair. I don't think all the Baker slander is totally fair. I don't feel bad for Baker. Don't get me wrong. I don't feel bad for him at all um at all but I don't I don't think it's fair that people are talking crazy about him as if he's that as if as if he's the player we saw last year he's not he's not he was hurt he was injured he played through an injury I really believe that like, I think it's true I think we all know that so let's stop being lazy and calling Baker ass just because it's fun so we like to do that it's fun to make fun of people it's fun so we start just running with narratives that aren't true you know it's what people did with Daniel Jones same thing it's fun it's fun to call him ass I get it but y'all, it's true. I'm telling y'all, I'm, I'm, the Miles said it himself, you can't be good if you're running for running for your life. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So it's fun to run with the narrative. Everyone's calling him ass. It's fun. Everyone, you know, you know what people like to do? Kick people when they're down. That's what people are, people are trash by nature. That's what people are. We're not good people. People are not good people out there, okay? So it's just easier to go, oh, he's ass. Oh, he's ass. He's this, he's that. Okay, all right. Just wait, just wait. 
That's all I'm gonna say about that. Just wait. But Baker won't be as bad if he goes somewhere to comment in line. He won't. Miles, you got Cleveland winning 12 games, you said? I'm 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 gonna say like eight wins. I think they gotta get things acclimated and I don't I don't think they really improved that much at the re- receiver position. They lost Jarvis and I mean, Deshaun could miss, I, I heard, between three or four games. It could be that. It could be eight or nine. We don't know yet because they haven't come down with the suspension yet. And I don't think Jacoby Brissett's good. <laughs> he, he's a, a solid backup, but he's awful. He's not a good quarterback. So, yeah, he's awful. Why do you think he's bounced around so much? He couldn't beat out – Philip Rivers. He's, he's not good. Was Tua up? Was Tua's jobs ever up actual grabs, bro? Think about it. I was mean, Tua's if job, he played, if he played good. Tua, Tua, is, Tua is not here to stay. I'm just saying. Well, he's, not, saying. The he's not the man in question. We're talking about Jacoby Brissett. Who, you brought him to him. You brought him up. I'm just talk, I'm talking about what you're talking about. I brought him up. My bad. I'm sorry. You made a fair game. Off topic. I'm getting off topic. Yeah, I'm, I don't think he's that yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Can he, he hand the ball off? Can he hand the ball off 30 times? I didn't they, hear what he said. I didn't, I didn't hear what he said. Because there's no, there's no threat. Jarvis is gone. Odell's gone. Even though last year, Baker didn't use any of those guys right. And do we actually believe Jacoby Brissett's a step up from Baker? I heard Baker last year, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But what we saw, Baker's throwing bounce passes last year when he died last second half of the season. I think he's probably a step up. I think he's a confident player uh, that, can, that can run the offense in, in, in a pinch. Even He's not going to win you a bunch of games. I'm not saying that. But if it's a month suspension, you might go, you might split go two and two, or you, you could split and go two and two in that time frame. You really could with Jacoby Percent. You, you could make it to two and two with a, with a competent team. They're, they're a competent football team. They run the ball. They have a good, they have a really nice offensive system they run there. And they got a great offensive line. Why not? They could win two games at Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, they could. They definitely could. The Dolphins weren't competent. They're not, they, they got competent, but they weren't competent all year. They were one and eight. We just seem to forget about it. I'm just saying, like, why not? I want to touch, touch on that so what you mentioned, though, right? So let's say it's four games. Their first four games, by all standards, are is pretty easy. They start off. At Carolina, which would be wild if Baker does end up in Carolina, he would be possibly playing against them first week. Week two against Miles Jets. Week three against the Steelers. Week four, Falcons, which you know is going to be everybody's highlight game playing against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Out of those four games, you're kind of right. They should be able to go two and two. Come on. Without, on. Just saying. Just saying, bro. They can go two and two. Alone should be a guaranteed win. Those two right there. Yeah. Jets are There's no guaranteed wins in football, but they 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 can go two and two. They are competent football team. They can go two and two even with Joey Joey Brissett because the strength of the team is not throwing the football; is running it. And the Jets are much improved, so I'm not gonna say that's a a walk in the park. But I will leave it. I believe when I see it. I, the Jets have to be a believe on a believe and see basis, okay? To the Jets, it's like you haven't earned the benefit of the doubt. You're right. No. Steelers, <laughs> Steelers. I predict, of course, Mike Thomas is that guy, but they still got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Still got to get their quarterback acclimated with that situation. I say they go eight and nine this year. That's fair. I thought any. I think ten wins is their ceiling. Eight wins is kind of where they where they could end up being with Mitchell Trubisky running them out here. Or Ken, I think hopefully Kenny Pick is good for their sake. Um, but this could be the first year of Miles, um, uh, Mike, Miles Tomlin. Mike Tomlin misses the, uh, the playoff. I think it's the first year Mike Tomlin could miss the playoff. Um, it could be – so it stinks, but they'll be all right. They, they're used to being really good. I, I don't feel bad for them. And um, let's see what happens. I think the defense is going to be great as per usual. But they're going to they're gonna really need – they're gonna have, they really have to hope that Kenny Pickett's the guy that they thought he was. Um, and he could be. He could be really good. But I, I have my questions. 
about him playing out there and we'll see how that goes. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think, I think eight wins is fair. I think 10 wins is best case scenario. If defense plays over their head. Hey, Steelers got seven games against teams that made the playoffs last year and cool. a 12 hardest schedule. So I think this is the year where Mike, Mike going to be at, at home sitting with us on the couch, giving us inspirational speeches because they're not making the playoffs this year. I'm saying five and 12, six and 11. I'm just looking at the schedule and I don't think there's too much uncertainty with the quarterback situation. Like they signed Trubisky. So I thought, all right, he's got a chance. Everybody was talking him up. Then they drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, which kind of adds a wrench to things because you draft a first round quarterback, albeit, albeit it's late in the first round. So he could sit, but there's going to be a lot of talk for the hometown kid to come in and play early on and develop with some of these young guys that they have. So, and there's always a learning curve for the young quarterbacks. So you usually want them to get that out the way earlier in their, their career so they can learn, they can play, get their warts out while they're still young. And maybe year two, year three, they start to take that leap. But I don't know. From what we've seen, Trubisky's not terrible, but it all depends on who's the starting quarterback. If Kenny's the starting quarterback, then it could be a long year. If Trubisky's the starting quarterback, he's a little more polished in the sense of he's been through it in the NFL and he's seen the worst of it and he's had some highs in this league. So this receiving core is still pretty good. They still got Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I don't think, yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. It's, it's a high ask for them to, to beat the teams that are on the schedule. Well, if Mike Jones had the success he had at VR1. Um, that, he was coddled. He was coddled and that defense was really good. So, so let's, let's, let's look at the Steelers. You can coddle that guy. They can create him like a baby all year. And and roll out uh, roll out the most simple the playbook ever for him, right? And your defense gonna carry you. Actually, they can do the exact same thing. They got this, all the re- the recipes there. They can do the Bill Belichick special for Kenny Pickett. So I'm actually a little bit higher now. Like after hearing you talk about it, I'm higher on him a little bit now because they can do that. They can run the ball with Najee, run him into the ground. They can play action. They can uh, diagnose get, draw, diagnose some easy throws for him in the playbook. Let him cook. He's accurate. He's you know he's accurate. You and KD smoking that same stuff, I guess. Whatever. I'll smoke whatever KD smoking any day. He, he, he's the best player. He's he one of the best players in the world. So he, he going out there on playing high. Shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what it is. He be so high. He think his hair is brush. That's what yeah, it is. I think that explains a lot. The skin. It explains his snake skin he got on his legs. You know all the all the all the all the nonsense with him. He's taking that mamba. He's taking that mamba mentality literally. Yeah, he is. That man. If that man ever brushes one his leg against anything, it's it's gonna become flammable. Those legs are actually, off, yeah. Honestly, I don't think he feels any contact to his legs. That joke is nuts. That man needs to he needs to take better care of himself, bro. That's nuts. It's not helping. last one. The winner of this division last year, the surprise that made it to the Super Bowl. Five primetime games, three of them on the road. Key additions with Lael Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, Hayden Hurst. They lost CJ Uzomo, Uzama to the Jets. They lost a couple of wide receivers, but they still are that team because Joe Burrow is really that guy. I'm saying Bengals win this division again. They go 13 and 4. As long as they stay healthy, I think they, as long as they stay healthy, they should be with anywhere from 10 to 13 wins. The offensive line is better. I think it's kind of where I look at them. They're they're the class of the division, but I think the Ravens could be on their behind. But being honest, the Ravens are gonna give them a put up, put up a nice fight. I think they're gonna worry about the Ravens and and if and if that if that Browns can get out to a two and two start and then you add Deshaun to that mix, it can get real crazy. It's gonna be a three team race. That, that division is going to be crazy. It's going to be the hardest division in football, um, simply put. But the, the Bengals are a team that should win it. But football is weird. 
like you never really know what's gonna happen year to year, especially with injuries and just kind of the game way the game works. So yeah, I I I I say ten. I think ten is their floor. Thirteen is the highest they'll go. I think that they're gonna be a very good team regardless, as long as Joe and everybody can stay clean and they they added to that offensive line, they should be much better. They got Jamar, who's amazing. They'll be fine. They'll be they're a Super Bowl type team. Yeah, I'd say around the same thing, like twelve wins. They're going to be solid, but yeah, like you said, football always comes down to who's healthy at the end of the year. And some of these teams, they make it through. Some of these teams don't. And a lot of the predictions go out the window during the season because key players are dealing with injuries all year. So as long as they stay healthy, I mean, they've improved the line and they're bringing all their key players back. So I don't, I don't see a reason why they can't repeat as division champions. I see, yeah, I see the Bengals. And we're going to give our picks. Once we do every division, we'll give our playoff picks. We'll give our picks of who's going to make it in the wild card, all that good stuff. We got a, we got more than enough time to get into that. Football is not there yet. We haven't even had the training camps, preseason, none of that stuff yet. We'll be breaking it down for y'all now. Then we got super early predictions. You know the vibes, though. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bitch, mom, we out. Peace. Peace.